there's a new breed of revivalists that are emerging in the earth today. You were born into the greatest hour in all of history. Your job is to prepare the way and to usher in the reign of Jesus into a city and into neighborhoods and workplaces and campuses. This is what we were born for. Nothing else will satisfy you. There has to be a holy dissatisfaction. It says, God, I will not be satisfied until the entire city is saved. What you have to ask yourself is, am I going to be one of those few that says, I don't care if anybody comes with me. I'm going to give myself for revival. You are listening to the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. Welcome once again to the part two of this month for the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast. I am Bain Liebscher, the director of Jesus Culture, as always, joined by the most incredible co-host ever. Zach Curry with the communications and campus awakening areas of Jesus Culture. And Becky Johnson, I am project manager for a creative team here. Excellent. She is with child, her first one. That's right. And although this has uh, uh, been a little bit of a sick pregnancy, <laughs> you excited to have a baby? I am very excited. Have you thought of any names yet? Yeah, but I can't, I can't broadcast that. Because it's Banning or <laughs> Banita. <laughs> Either one of those will work for me. Actually, Definitely. I tell people all the time, this is the absolute truth. Anybody who's pregnant around me, I seriously ask them to pray into the name Banning. It's true. He and, does. And I, I actually tell them, listen, Banning can go both ways, boy or girl. People are already like, what's your name? Banny, Benny, Banny, Danny, what? I had a guy call me Andy for an entire month when I was a kid in, in like an elementary school on my street. That's I had a guy awesome. call me Andy for a month and he'd yell, Andy! I just kind of wave, just kind of nod. I never told him my name was Banning. So my name is already so confusing for people. I'm like, listen, banning can go both ways. Boy or girl, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you are not making your name sound appealing for my child. But listen, I just, I just, I don't, listen, Becky, right now, here's all I'm asking, Becky, on this podcast. Don't, don't, don't shoot it down. Just pray about it. That's all I'm asking. Just pray, just pray about it. it. All right. Just pray into it. I will say this. I pushed pretty hard and two people have come to me recently and said <laughs> that they named their boy banning. <laughs> Boom. If they're listening, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> if you've named your child Banning, please let him know. It will make his day. So, uh, uh, um, yeah, so I, I think it goes. So congratulations, though. And <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we are looking forward to, uh, when do you do again? August 31st. August 31st. And you won't even be living in Reading by then. I won't. Nope. We're picking Relocating. up and moving. If you haven't heard. Sacramento. We are going to Sacramento. We're going to go down to, uh, we're being sent from Bethel uh, this summer to go down to Sacramento, establish the ministry of Jesus Culture with the team, and then eventually plant a church down there. So we're excited to be able to go. You can actually uh, get information. Uh, well, yes. there'll be regular updates on that at jesusculture.com slash Sacramento. Hey, I, I, I got I to say two quick things. One, if you have not checked out Jesus Culture Los Angeles, this is not just a plug, but I am so excited that we're going to be back in L.A. this year, and it's going to be incredible we, we're going back every summer to do a conference in LA, and so if you have a if you have a group, whether it's a, a, a high school group or college group, we'd love for you to come and check this yeah. out. Yeah, well, some of our favorite guys, uh, you know, Reinhard Bonnke and Russell Evans, and Kim's going to be speaking, and Havila Cunnington, Martin Smith will be back. Leading Martin worship Smith's going to be with us for a night, so we definitely would love all over the nation, wherever you're at, come on in. We, we'd love to have you. Yeah, uh, be a part of what we're doing. We really, we really believe that. 
this is just a significant time for um, the state of California and the West Coast. And we've we really just as a team been praying into this. So we'd love for you to come. If you have not plants already, maybe think about that. This month, the topic that we're tackling, topic tackling, the topic that we're tackling this month is uh, and addressing this issue of ambition. Again, our goal for the Leadership Podcast is to come alongside you as a leader in whatever realm you're leading and actually talk about practical things, deal with the issues that are in front of us. And one of the main issues is this issue of ambition. What are you being motivated by? What is it that's driving you? And I know for me, especially as a young leader, even right now, um, as an old leader, 37. (laughs) Very old. Kim Walker-Smith. They... (laughs) Um, uh, you know, I have a very, very high need for significance, uh, you know, I, and if I'm not careful, if I don't surrender this thing fully to Jesus and just really get his heart, really be motivated by just my love for him, mm-hmm. little things like that need for significance can begin to creep in and become the driving force of why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So we were able to sit down this month for both, uh, part one and part two of the podcast. We were able to sit down with probably uh, uh, really a hero of mine, uh, a leader and a man who has done this topic better than anybody I've ever seen, um, our senior pastor here in Reading, Bill Johnson. We were able to sit down with him and kind of catch up with him and hear his heart on this topic of ambition. What would you, you know, what advice would you give leaders are listening to this? You know, we, Banyan says the the tens of thousands of people who listen to the podcast. I say maybe more tens. <laughs> the tens of people, yes. All um, 12 of you. <laughs> all of you. Um, who maybe, you know, are hearing this and, and thinking, ooh, okay, I've, I've, got some, I've got some issues here. I definitely am going after my own agenda. You know, what advice would you give to them? I would say, first of all, recognize what they are. Yeah. Recognize what are the things, you know, it may be, I want to be in charge of a great ministry. Mm-hmm. I want to lead a million people to Christ. I want to, whatever it might be, and fill in the blanks. Because, there, you know, anyone listening to this is going to have really wonderful things on the list. It's not going to be stupid stuff. You know, it's going to be great achievements. And they're all, they all got into the heart somehow. Mm-hmm. It's the process that's important. The process is that I take these things. God, I, I feel like you've called me to be a leader. I feel like I'm supposed to be, you know, in charge of a ministry that does something. All right, that's fine. Acknowledge that. Be honest with the Lord, but put it at His feet and don't pick it up till He says to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's 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 not that I want to kill those dreams, right? Because some of those things you find out in time, you find out in process. Some of those things are actually birthed by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, they're the product of us admiring somebody. I used to want to be a certain kind of Bible teacher. Why? Well, I heard somebody make a comment on it once and, and it just seemed like the right thing to do. So I made it my, my goal to do that. But in time I realized that's not me. I picked up somebody else's thing. I admired them. I picked up their statement. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you learn in time that, all right, you start, you start trimming these things down and you end up with a pile that, you know, you believe is God born. Yeah. birthed in you. I have certain things. I, I don't want to give the picture. I have no ambition. I have things that, that creep up in my heart, 
And what I want to do is I, I like to present them to the Lord. I say, Lord, this feels really awkward because this doesn't even seem consistent with what you've said about me to this point. Yeah. But it doesn't go away. So mm-hmm. I need you to either confirm, affirm this thing, and help this thing to grow in me mm-hmm. to where it, it uh, I'm able to accomplish what you've given me to accomplish, or I need you to speak to me in such a way that this thing dies. Yeah. You know, and so that's its process. It's all relationship. It's not even about the achievement. It's who I achieve it with. Yeah. It's the partnership with the Lord. It's the hearing from God. That process is what makes it a positive journey and not a detrimental one. Do you find that sometimes something's in your heart and the Lord will say no? Yeah. Especially when you're young, you think of yourself in this way. I'm going to be the lead singer in a band or Mm -hmm. something, you know. And so you've got this image of what you're going to be doing. And when you come to the place where the Lord says no, and that you have your whole identity of your future wrapped up in that, that's devastating. Mm -hmm. It's not devastating after you discover the the ways of the Lord. He only says no because a better yes is coming. Mm -hmm. He only says no when he's got a promotion that's more significant than that in mind. Yeah. And so when when you realize he shuts this thing down, then you know that he will also take away the the desire, the passion, the the whatever in your heart if you'll allow him to he'll he'll redirect the focus to something that he's actually assigned you to do. To me that's that's the joyful journey. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz he's so faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so perfectly faithful and he, he knows me so well, he'll never, he'll never direct me to something that is a waste of time. It'll always bring the best out of me yeah. and always serve the people around me the best I can. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful part of the journey when you trust him, him enough. When you're surrendered. To, yeah. yeah, to give him that place. God, you can shape me any way you want. I'm pleased to please you. That's all I want. Yeah. You know, leaders are people who are typically going out and creating momentum or, or you know, have have these dreams. Do you, and you work a lot with leaders. And mm-hmm. Do you find that sometimes God is calling people who are called to be leaders, but possibly not in the limelight, not the head of something, maybe not even seen, but, you know, what God is calling them to do, they have to have the drive to kind of step oh, yeah. it back. and. Oh, absolutely. We... We have what I refer to as Wall Street's mentality on leadership. Yeah. Uh, it's the CEO. It's the title. It's the most money. It's the most members. It's the most whatever. And uh, and that's not always, you know, there are intercessors in this town that actually shape what's happening here as much or more as our influence wow. as leaders here. We who have the title. I, I don't believe the title is not important, mm-hmm. but neither is it everything. Mm-hmm. And there are people who who sway things in a God way through their prayer, through their through their relationship behind the scenes with leaders. Right. They uh, they have mighty mighty roles in the kingdom, mm-hmm. and there's no title to go with it. I could I could name some through the years that I've watched who really over the years were so faithful and so powerful in the way they served that they actually shaped the mental, emotional climate of the people of God in a region. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really powerful. So yes, there are people who are great leaders yeah. that don't have the title, but they have the influence. Yeah. As, as the leaders are listening here, um, I'm sure they've got a thousand questions. You know, what's some of the key pieces? What do you wish you would have known 
when you were young and you were, you know, developing yourself and as a leader? And, you know, what are just some key pieces of advice you would give them as, as they're on their journey? I didn't have a lot of ambition in a sense of personal achievements. But what I did have is I, I was intensely focused mm. on revival, intensely focused on God doing a mighty work in the earth, but too intense for my own good. What, is that? what does that mean? Uh, for me, intense focus on what God was doing in the earth, to me, translated to my motives have to be pure. I have to have uh, effective, powerful prayer life. You know, everything in my personal life has to be in order. And all those things I would teach and agree on. Mm-hmm. But what the problem was is I became introspective. Mm. And uh, and so if something didn't happen, then it was then I was the problem. I was the weak link. And, oh, God, you've got to purify me enough that you can trust me with this. And, God, you've got to do this. And so I would spend hours and hours in prayer. But the bulk of my prayer life was about me. <laughs> I mean, it may have looked good on paper in that I, I spent the time. But sadly... You know, like a child, actually, a child who lives for themselves, my my prayer life was about me primarily. I would pray for revival for our city, the church, all, all the stuff that's appropriate. But so much of it had a bent, um, God, I'm just not worthy. I'm just not, I'm not doing enough. I prayed for this person. They didn't get healed. It's obviously I didn't have the faith and mm. whatever. And I would just go on these rabbit trails trying to seek out what was wrong in me. And that kind of an intensity is destructive. Yeah. It's destructive because it undermines faith. It undermines the focus uh, in, uh, towards God himself. And so if, if I could go back and change anything and or give advice to young leaders, which I often do, is I, I, I just tell them, listen, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> learn to enjoy the journey. Learn to learn. You know, you're going to have a better tomorrow. But part of what makes tomorrow better is that you enjoy today. Mm. And you, you need to enjoy the, the stage you're at. Because if you're always living for another day, ah, it's frustrating. Because yeah. it, it's always going to be better right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably will be. Mm-hmm. But you may disqualify yourself if you don't enjoy what he's given you right now. Because wow. stewardship with what, of what God's given you is what qualifies you for increase. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I feel like we actually push away the promotion that God has for us because we've not settled and relaxed enough into the place that he's given us for today. So that's, you know, that's the main thing I I tell old and young alike is just, just don't do the introspection thing. Mm -hmm. I've never met anyone that went inward and came out happy. (laughs) You know, I've never met anyone that went inward and came out going, man, I'm a man of faith, you know, (laughs) wait till I change the world. You'll be impressed. It just never happens. People come out just worse off than when they went in. And it's just better not to go there. It's better to stay honest in the relationship with God and with people mm-hmm. and allow the Lord through his presence, through his word, and through his people to help you to make whatever adjustments you need. But don't make them yourself. Right. Do you, do you think it's appropriate um, for someone to ask for more, more influence? God, can I have more yeah, influence? I, I, I think that's fine. I think, you know, God, I want to lead a million people to Christ. I want every cancer case healed. Mm-hmm. God, I want to, you know, I, I, I want to lead a worship team that uh, changes the world. I think those are all very legitimate things. I wouldn't tell people not to have those dreams. But again, it's the process. Is that anything significant, you've got to lay at his feet and yeah. let him put life on it. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if there's those kinds of dreams or ambitions or drives or whatever we want to call them, um, I, I don't want to see those things die, but I want to see them 
worked out in a relationship with God where, God, these are the things I want to accomplish Mm -hmm. in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I I really do. Mm -hmm. And if it's not you, then I need you to replace it with something that's equally significant. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't want to just wander through life. I really want to live for something. Yeah. And uh, if it's not outward, measurable accomplishments, then I need you to help me to become satisfied with where you would assign me to accomplish something. Yeah. You know, so I, I, it, it's a drive in every person to be mm-hmm. successful. That's a biblical term. Mm-hmm. There's, Wall Street has its own image of it, but the kingdom is another. And, yeah. and so that's a legitimate drive, but it's the process of walking it out with the Lord. Yeah. As I'm, you know, with other people, I'm in my, my mid-20s, and as I'm walking with other people who are at the same stage in me, I know something that gets us caught up a lot is comparison, just looking at other yeah, people. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's such a pressure to like, at, you know, so-and-so is this age, and they had they were 10 steps ahead of me. Oh, my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, feeling like I've missed it, yeah, kind of like yeah, you've yeah. missed it, you've missed your chance, or it's too late. How, you know, do you have anything to speak to that? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Stop it. Slap yourself <laughs> if you won't have your friend. But, yeah, it it is devastating. Yeah. It's devastating. I remember back, oh, a lot of years ago when I was on staff here at Bethel with my dad. Mm-hmm. So that would be in the middle 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was given the responsibility of teaching an adult class, and I had great admiration for certain ministers and I was I was just the young kid on the block. Mm-hmm. And one of the old timers who became a very, very dear friend to me came up to me after one of the sessions that I taught and he said, Bill, he said, just be you. Don't try to be someone else. And he he probably could see my efforts to be like someone else in the way I would teach or the way I would talk or treat people or whatever it might be, the way I'd function in my position. And I'll never forget, he just, uh, it was already in my heart, but you still need people of wisdom to come and, and speak those things, because he helped me to to take another glance to make sure that I wasn't comparing myself with, because mm-hmm. this individual had a gifting completely different than mine. And, you know, like for those of us around here, if we all compared ourselves to banning his entrepreneurial grace to build, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal. If, if any of us compare ourselves with these people in their field of excellence, we'll all fall short. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's better to learn to be inspired by them, mm-hmm. to receive grace from them, to uh, the, the grace that they have in our life can affect how I live. But their gift and calling is theirs. It's not mine. Yeah. And so I can be I can be more well-rounded because I admire, and I'm not jealous of, but I admire their gifting and will allow them to function in their gift in such a way that I become better. Mm. And I am better because of their influence. Mm. And when we allow that to happen, the jealousy is killed. We celebrate the achievements, the... Uh, the success, the whatever of that other person without comparing ourselves. And because if you compare yourself, you know, some people compare themselves to people lesser than them. So, because that's how they feel good about themselves. Remember the guy in the yeah. Bible, God, uh, the I'm so glad I'm not like the Pharisee. I'm so glad I'm not like this tax collector. Yeah. You know, he's compared himself because he wants to feel better. Most of us in our circles, if we compare it's with, it's with somebody that we esteem greater, at mm-hmm. least in their place of influence. And uh, it's devastating. It's, mm-hmm. just a, it's, it's just a trap. Yeah. 
So stop it. Yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. N- never turned out well. <laughs> and now that one I have done a lot, and uh, and I struck out every time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, thank you so much for for joining yeah, us. This yeah. has been great. I'm sure we could go on for a lot longer, and there are probably many more facets of this thing to cover. But um, I love what we've talked about here, and thank you yeah. so much for for yeah. all the thousands or tens of podcasters out there that's what we call them podcasters thank you for joining us and um, thank you so much Pastor Bill for staying down with us Jesus Culture is coming to Los Angeles this summer July 22nd through the 24th at the Gibson Amphitheater at Universal Studios the Jesus Culture Conference Los Angeles come and join us for three days of seeking the Lord through worship and preaching Speakers include Reinhard Bonnke, Russell Evans, Scott Thompson, Havila Cunnington, Kim Walker-Smith, and Bannon Leacher. God is moving in a generation like never before, and our response must be to give everything we have to that. With worship from Christine DeMarco, Brian and Katie Torwalt, Derek Johnson, and Chris Kilala, Kim Walker-Smith, and the Jesus Culture Band. Join us as we gather together to seek God for an awakening in a generation. Jesus Culture Conference Los Angeles, July 22nd through the 24th at the Gibson Amphitheater. Register today at jesusculture.com LA. We want to share the music that is encouraging us right now. You are listening to the Jesus Culture Music Spotlight. Hi everyone, Becky Johnson here, and I am joined today by the wonderful Martin Smith. He is here for our music spotlight, and we're going to sit and chat about his newest album, God's Great Dance Floor. Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's great to uh, to speak to you. Thanks for having us, Becky. It's great. Yes, absolutely. So um, this album came out in April, so not too long ago. It's been out for a little yes. bit less than a month, and it's called God's Great Dance Floor Step 1, I noticed. <laughs> and does that does yeah. that mean there will be a step two? Yeah, it, it, it does actually. Yeah, um, step two is going to come uh, hopefully in September, October. Oh, and, awesome! And uh, it'll have another ten brand new songs on there. And so it's kind of like the, that'll be the completion of the last three years of my life, really. And um, uh, that that all fits under the same banner of God's great dance floor. I've been li- we've been listening to the album around the office. We we love it so much and. It's got such a great sound, such a, a fresh and different sound. Can you talk a little bit, just the heart behind the album or, or the backstory of, of where these songs came from? I, I think these songs have really come out of the church, you know, here in Brighton. And uh, we're in a brand new church plant here in the middle of a city. And I, I think your environment affects the way you write and who you are and who you become and who you want to reach. Um, there's a lot, sort of big street community here with homeless people. I think the songs all speak about people coming home, you know? It's like yeah. that prodigal son story. I think you can hear that in there. It's, it's kind of, firstly, it's, it's a call to ourselves to come home. Yeah. Uh, and then a call to other people to come home. And, and I think that's the message. And, and, and of course, the dance floor, you know, I mean, anyone can dance, can't they? I mean, even I can dance, and I'm not very good. <laughs> um, and I think that's really the spirit of it. It's, look, hey, look, it doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. This is the church getting together and learning how to dance together again. Talk about the the title track. It's called Back to the Start, and then in parentheses, God's Great Dance Floor. 
Yeah, well, that, that, um, it's kind of like in three parts, isn't it? And yeah. Really, it's a prayer of, of uh, you know, someone just saying, God, you know, I, I need you. You know, please deliver me. Please save me. And um, really, you can see that story of the prodigal son there where, you know, he's blown it. He's gone away. And he realizes in that moment he's, he's, he's got to come back. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it starts, you know. I'm coming back to start. Um, Take me, I'm all I can bring. Um, I'm coming home again. And then it builds up to the sense of, you know, I'm running back. And, and you know, Luke chapter 15, it, it says, you know, that the father ran out to meet him, to meet his son. And so that's a really pictorial sort of image. And, and then, of course, the party. Yeah, and it all ends in a it all ends in a party, doesn't it? Yep. And uh, and I think that's really key for us as church is that uh, we're learning how to do that again. We this podcast goes out to it's directed to to young leaders, to older leaders, it, just leaders in general. It's called the Jesus Culture Leadership Podcast, and we like to address every type of leader that they might be, whether it's in the church or outside of the church or a worship artist or even writers. And what's, yeah. what's you know, one piece of advice that you'd give to emerging writers or even seasoned writers who are out there, um, something that you've learned along the way and, and as you've developed? I think that what gives weight to, to who we are and what we do, our art, you know, is the fact that we believe in it. The mm. fact that we absolutely believe in every word that we're singing. And, and I think that if you are then confident in that, then, um, then you're off. You know, people then are attracted to, to that authenticity. Mm-hmm. If your audience for a moment doubts the fact that you believe it, then um, they'll, they'll, they'll know that immediately. So I think that, yeah, I think all the best people I know are passionate about what they do, you know, whether it's painting, paintings, photographs, they, they believe in what they do passionately, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I think that's the secret to great art, and uh, especially in church, of course, you know, we're singing about a God who's alive. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good place to start with something to believe in, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's awesome. You know, I'm sure your schedule is quite demanding. I know you have, how many kids do you have? Yeah, we have two boys and four girls. So yeah, <laughs> six kids. So you're doing that. You're putting out amazing worship music. And just in the midst of all of that, how do you, you know, how do you maintain the the time, the secret time with the Lord, and make sure that you're getting that? And what does that look like for you in the midst of of your schedule and, and all the things that you're doing and leading? Yeah, I I think it looks a little bit different every day, to be honest. Yeah. I I think for me it's more about knowing that. That God is with me. Um, you know, I enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoy being with Him. I enjoy my. I enjoy waking up and saying, "Okay, Holy Spirit, what should we do today? And um, what should I do? Where should I go? You know, how should I use my time?" Yeah. And uh, I really enjoy that journey. I enjoy that friendship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm. I'm not the greatest. Um, you know, greatest reader or greatest prayer. You know, hey, I'm a musician. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but I love 
I love music, you know, and I, I think that's where I connect with God the most. Are, are you always, you know, in your prayer times and in your time with the Lord, are you always looking for the next song or wanting to write the next song? Or do you find you have to kind of separate that or does it all just flow together for you? And I'm not looking to be with God to get songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the songs, sort of, they're a natural overflow of, of that friendship, hopefully, you know, and I, I don't want to you know, have professional intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, and, that's good. You know, and, and just sort of be, be, hey, God, you know, I'm going to hang out with you and then I might get a killer song. Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, we just need to enjoy being with each other, don't we? much for us, you know, joining this call and, and talking about the album. Um, so people can get God's Great Dance Floor on iTunes. Yeah, that's right. And um, we can look forward. This is step one, and you said step two will be coming out sometime in the fall. Yeah, that's right. All right, so yeah. we can be on the lookout for that, and it's a really great album. I encourage anyone listening, if you haven't gotten it, go check it out. God's Great Dance Floor by Martin Smith. Thank you so much for joining us, Martin. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. And we'll see, you, we'll see you in L.A. Yeah, fantastic. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. And it's you We adore Singing Alright, well, we're coming to a close. All good things must come to an end for this month. That's right. For this month. I got to say, too, having Bill Johnson. That guy blows my mind, That's just winning. That was great. You're welcome. That guy, yeah. Excellent interview, by the way, Becky. (laughs) Thank you. Excellent, excellent interview. And I I tell you, this stuff, I just love when he shares. It really does just, it kind of opens my mind a little bit. And it it kind of realigns me. That's what I find. We're like, yes, let's have really good ambition. Oh, I mean, let's be faithful and obedient. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he always kind of just realigns my heart. And I just, just, he's such like, a father. It's like a spiritual chiropractor. A spiritual chiropractor, <laughs> just an alignment. So we, you got aligned. <laughs> so listen, uh, we do want to mention though, Jesus Culture Los Angeles is coming up. We are coming to Los Angeles. We were there last year, had an incredible time in Los Angeles. And we'd encourage you, whether you're in Southern California or around the nation, come join us. We can't think of anything better than fellow podcasters. It's like a reunion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We should almost just have a massive section for the 20 people that listen to our podcast (laughs) at L.A. Uh, We can set aside 20 seats for podcasters. (laughs) We really are. People are going to really think that's how many listen to it. Uh, Take that, relevant podcast. (laughs) We, uh, uh, We would love for you to come to Jesus Culture Los Angeles. We will be there July 22nd through the 24th. It's a Monday through a Wednesday at Universal Studios, Gibson Amphitheater. Universal Studios, Reinhard Bonnke, Russell Evans, Martin Smith will be leading one night with our team. 
with Torwalt, mm-hmm. Derek Johnson, Christine DeMarco. It's going to be incredible. Havilah Cunnington. Kim speaking. Kim will speak. I'll be speaking. So we'd love to have you come. Really follow. We'll have people from all over the nation. We'll have people internationally that will come in. We believe that God is going to release something significant during these three days, and we would love to have you be a part of it. Yep. And we love that you listen to the podcast, and uh, we will be back again next month for another great thought-provoking episode to encourage you in your leadership journey. So thanks for listening. Another chiropractic alignment. I'm I'm coining that. You're going to throw that. (laughs) Until next month. See you later.